We're closing out our study of Joshua this morning, brave, strong, known, loved, and I've asked Gary Henderson, who's a pastor and a part of our church, but also um, uh, a, a man of God who leads the United Methodist Church all over the world. This guy preaches all over the world all year long, and so we're honored that he's a part of our, our church family. You'll see in just a reason, uh, just a minute, the reason why I have asked him uh, to share this closing message with us. The, the scripture is from Joshua chapter three, 23 and 24, some selected verses. And I just want you to know that before we um, purchased this land, there were a group of us that walked this land and claimed this verse over it. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, who's probably 110 years old, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness, Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Providence Church. A couple of things I want to say just right up front. I, I get excited all over again when I see people on stage and people are handing out those big checks. That is an amazing, marvelous, incredible thing. Uh, the last 10 years I've spent as a professional fundraiser, raising a whole lot of money. I won't bore you with that. But one of the things I learned was about generosity and giving is that it unlocks some brain centers in you and it releases some endorphins that allow people to get kind of excited about giving. And they discover that the more they give, they, the more they want to give. It's like when you're out running and, you, and you're at that marathon pace and you hit the wall and you push through the wall, the endorphins kick in. They call it the runner's high. Well, Providence Church, I think it's okay, Pastor Jacob, but I want to invite you to get high. <laughs> Let me clean it up. I want you to get high on giving. <laughs> on giving, all right, on giving. The other thing that excites me about today is uh, I travel a lot and next weekend, I'm, I'm out of town next weekend. But the good news is on Thursday the 31st of this week at 6.30, I have an opportunity to worship with my family here at the Providence Church. And again, I don't take that for granted. It is a gift. It is a blessing. God is doing incredible things in our midst and I hope you can see it. I hope you can feel it. I hope it excites you. I hope you're telling everybody you see about it. Because you can come to a place and know that God is alive. Now, Lord, we stand before your word again. Speak. House is full. We want to hear from you. So hide me. Use me. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. It must be a beautiful thing to be near the end of one's life and able to look backwards 
and to remember and to acknowledge the faithfulness of God. Joshua, Moses' former aide, is clear at his advanced age that he is about to go the way of the earth. That's Bible language for he's getting ready to die. And what I love about this story, because when you back up in it, you see so many images of this young Joshua, so afraid at every point, but at this point of life, at almost 110, he is not afraid. Instead, as a 100-year-old-plus man, he has a few things he wants to say before his departure. And so, as one of advanced age often does, they reminisce. They tell you the story that they told you an hour before and the same story they told you yesterday and the last time we were at Thanksgiving dinner. It was the same story, but they tell it over and over again. And as a person of advanced age, it is your prerogative to do so. So Joshua gathers the people and he begins to remember just how far the Lord has brought them and he remembers how far God has delivered them and he repeats an old story a story of battles and fights and wars, and at every turn, God is present. I suspect that as Joshua looks back on his life as the seasoned senior citizen, that he is now clear that when God called him to greatness as a leader, he was in the midst of a personal identity crisis. As a young man, he did not fully understand or see his God potential. He could not imagine how God could use him. Joshua identified as the aide. He was the assistant. He was the one who helped Moses out when Moses needed help. He only saw himself as an aide and how others saw him. The opening of the book in those opening lines of Joshua describes him as Joshua the son of Nun, you know Nun's son, you know the neighbor next door, you know Nun, we played in the street together. Joshua, the son of Nun, the aide to Moses. Being an aide is the same as being an assistant. He was not the leader, he was not the one in charge, he was not the one with authority, he had power only as the leader designated or delegated power and authority. The buck did not stop with him, so Joshua as the aide to Moses, could only see, could not see himself rising to the level of leadership of his mentor. His personal place of default was almost, but not quite, maybe we call it inadequacy. He did not see himself as quite measuring up and simply was not good enough. If we are honest, I hope there are a few honest people in the room more than a few of us have lived in the same place with Joshua. You know, not quite bright enough, not quite gifted enough, not quite smart enough, not quite as good looking, not quite as many opportunities, not quite as you fill in your own blanks. Why do you think God had to say to Joshua more than a few times, do not be afraid? In crisis mode, 
We only have small dreams. In crisis mode, we just get by. In crisis mode, we live beneath our privileges, daughters and sons of the Most High. In crisis mode, we are unable to pray, God, enlarge my territory. God, do something special with me. God, I'm really available. God, do a big thing. In crisis mode, we can't see it. In crisis mode, we need somebody to say to us, do not be afraid. Why? Because we rarely see ourselves as God sees us. But what Joshua probably did not know was that when God called, Mo called out to Moses from the burning bush to lead people out of Egypt, Moses, too, was in the middle of a personal identity crisis. And there was a similar response. Who, me? Who am I to go before Pharaoh and say, let people go? Not me. What Joshua had forgotten during his identity crisis was his adventure as a spy in Canaan. It's a good story. Twelve spies went out. Ten came back convinced that conquest was impossible. Moses, we just can't do it. The people are too big. We seem like grasshoppers before them. The people are giants. Medically speaking, ten came back with a severe case of grasshopperitis. And it's deadly to dreams. It's deadly. Are you facing a few giants? Or a few challenges that seem bigger than you? Work, home, children, parents, school, friends, self-esteem, more bills and money. Somebody say amen, more bills and money. <laughs> uh-huh. I knew you were in the room. Just maybe you feel small before the problems and the challenges, but I need to offer a minority report today. Caleb and Joshua had a minority report, and they could see things a little differently. In the midst of the medical emergency of grasshopperitis, the dynamic duo offered the necessary second opinion that made going forward and conquest possible. Joshua, in that moment, could not have imagined that he would be the instrument that God would use to fulfill God's promise to God's people. He could not imagine that when the waters of Jordan would part because he issued the command for the priest to step forward in faith so that people could cross over into the land that God had promised. He could not imagine that he would be the one that would do that. I say to you again, we rarely see ourselves as God sees us. We are quick to identify our deficiencies. If I only had, if we looked a little different, if it was a different neighborhood or a different education or a different background or a different family of origin, all many things that are so wrong, we see the deficiencies, but we do not 
ID well our strength. So this man Joshua needs to issue an identity alert because identity crisis is real. We often underestimate our potential and our God worth. We do not remember that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We do not see ourselves as God sees us. We are afraid to believe that God can use us. We are afraid to believe that we are enough and that we have enough. I love that story in the New Testament. We find it in a couple of places, a little boy. It was a hot day. There were a lot of people probably upwards to 20,000 when you count the women and children, and they were hungry, and Jesus knew they were hungry. The disciples knew they were hungry. They didn't have enough money or enough food, and a little boy shows up with his lunch. It was a fish sandwich, and he offers it to Jesus. But you see, this big God that we serve can take the little bit that we have, that which we don't think as much as all this big God can take that and bless it. Sometimes break it. Break us. Bless it and break it and make it so much more than we can imagine. But we've got to believe that God just maybe can use us. We are afraid to believe that God will supply our need. We're afraid to dream big dreams and instead Cling to what we can see. I've been on a mission to not live in the land of what I can see. Because the land of what I can see is so limited. It's only what I can see. But God sees so much more. We have this house, this conversation in our household about 2019. We're moving beyond the land of what we can see. Because what I can see may look like an impediment. It may look like a wall. It may look like an, an obstacle. But God can see beyond it. And so we want to see as well. We don't want to be afraid. As a reminiscent old man, and I've been having fun with that image of the reminiscent old man. Because if you notice the Young preacher is not preaching today. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I won't say anymore. I'll leave it alone. But as a reminiscent old man, Joshua remembers how far the Lord brought him. He remembers for the sake of the people how God, the Lord, fought their battles, how the Lord fought every battle. He recounts for them over and over repetitively the way those senior years often do the same story again. But they needed to hear it. In my imagination, I can, I, I can hear Joshua as he's telling the stories of battle and conquest and victory. I can hear him singing. It may seem like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. That's our story. It may seem like you're surrounded, but I want you to know that you're surrounded by a big God who fights our battles. While remembering his own identity crisis, the aged Joshua 
offers an identity alert. I need to go seven to offer the alert. Is that all right? Hold on. Joshua says this. Y'all do whatever y'all gonna do. Y'all act however y'all gonna act. Y'all say whatever y'all gonna say. Because I know that grown people do what grown people do. I'll leave Southern now. <laughs> then Joshua says this. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's memorable. We hang it in our houses. He says this. But as for me and my household, hmm, take authority, Joshua. As for me and my household, ah, take authority, Joshua. We, we, me and my household, me and my household, me and my household, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Oh, take authority in your household. Don't give it away. Take authority in the name of Jesus. Joshua says to his household, as I believe he says to us, whenever you feel timid and afraid, whenever you feel that way, remember you are brave. Whenever you feel insecure and weak, remember you are strong. Whenever you feel abandoned and lonely and nobody knows your name and recognizes who you are, remember that you are known. Joshua says this for me and my house. When we feel dismissed and we feel unnoticed, remember we are loved. As for me and my house, oh, I hear that in a different way. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is 110 years old in this story. I guess you might call that a ripe old age. <laughs> and in my mind's eye, I can see the old Joshua as he's making his way toward the other side and to life beyond. I've sat around a lot of dying beds in my life and I've heard the words that people whisper, those final words that they want to leave behind for those that they love and they care about. And I can see Joshua in this story. Perhaps weak and frail, 110. He's not that young buck he used to be when he marched around Jericho's wall. But he leans into those that are gathered around him, and maybe it's just a whisper. But he says, I am brave. I am strong. I am known. I am loved. 
take away. After four weeks of living with this story, and I'll say this to your pastor in love today, uh, it's really just one word. And if, as the, uh, the old guy, <laughs> four weeks ago, if we had one word, we could have just skipped right over the series, right? <laughs> I'm joking. The takeaway is this, remember. Remember. Remember you were brave. Remember you were strong. Remember you were known. Remember you were loved. Why the word remember? Because we forget. We forget that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We forget that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We forget that the promise that God promises to be with us always. We forget that we have an advocate in Jesus we forget that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We forget. We forget the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We forget the God who never lets go of us. If I could imitate Joshua as he prepares to make his exit from mortality to immortality. I would propose a huge stone, a huge rock, a huge boulder, and on it I would simply write, remember. Then I remember, Pierce, that God loves me. I remember when I'm afraid that it's okay, God cares for me. I remember when I'm confused and I'm not sure about direction that God has a habit of clarifying things for me if I pay attention. I remember who I am as a child of God. We need to remember that when we have tapped into our God identity, we are fearless for God's sake and for the sake of those around us. Fearless people in the midst of stuff and trouble, they march around it. They come to an empty lot Fearlessly. When somebody says two million, we say one million. And we make a circle and we circle it because we are fearless. Fearless people dare to believe that God will do the impossible and what God will do the possible in what seems to be an impossible situation. They circle it boldly. They look at their own personal Jericho wall and say, nothing will separate me from God's love. And as they make circle around it, they discover that the wall will come down. Fearless people dare to give away the largest offering of the year and believe that there'll still be more than enough.
fearless people dare to believe that every child will be fed. Fearless people look at the community and the world around them and rather than say somebody ought to do something, decide that they, we can do something. As we remember our necessary four-week journey in Joshua, we remember in 2019 and beyond. We remember that we are brave. Yes, we are. You may not feel like it in a moment, but I declare you are brave. We remember that we are strong. And in this moment, you may think and feel so inadequate, but I declare you are strong. We remember we are loved. And it was that kind of day, that kind of month, maybe that kind of year. But I say to you, you are loved. But most of all, these fearless people who are in touch with who they are by the grace of God, they know that they are known. Staff, brave, fearless, known, loved, that's who you are. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen.